Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. We had a great men's chat yesterday. Sorry for the commercial, but commercial. We had a great men's chat yesterday, and, um, you know, we said that it was a a, a prelude to our celebrate, not because we're going to have answers while we talk about problems, but just uh, counselors tell you, I don't know if it's 50 or 60 percent of the times when there's things that you're going through and you're struggling with, just talking about it, 60 to 70, 50 to 60 percent of it is just talking about it. You don't have to have an answer, but sometimes you just got to unburden yourself from something that's just weighing you down. And so we hope to have ministries that will continue to be in this church where you can say what you need to say and, and you don't have to worry about someone looking at you cross-eyed like, mm I know your stuff. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 13. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 13. You've heard this scripture read many times, but I think God has given me a a perspective this morning that I believe will help us. And so as we get into this portion of the Bible here this morning, I believe God is going to give us an understanding, a different twist to this portion of Scripture. When you're there, say amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 13 says this. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I the son of man am and they said some say that thou art john the baptist some elias and others jeremiah or one of the prophets he said unto them but whom say ye that i am and so the scripture if this will turn with me here okay Okay. All right. All right. We there now? Wayne? Uh, okay. No. All right. Here we go. Verse number 16, right? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus, we thank you for your word. Your word is forever settled. And today, Lord God, we ask that you will help us. We need the spirit of the Lord. To help us. That God our lives can be touched in a miraculous and special way. And that God our faith will rise. Oh my God we will respond to your word. Oh God that we can experience you in a way that we have never. Or a way in which we can experience you again. I pray Father that the understanding of your word will be clear to us this morning. And that God every one of us will reach after you and seek after you. And, oh, God, put ourselves totally surrendering to you. I pray this morning that, Lord, we will not just hear what the word is saying unto us, but we will become doers of what the word is saying to us. I pray the moving of your spirit 
and that you'll manifest your power among us. Have your way this morning, Lord. We will not fail to give you the praise, the honor, or the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone say amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Brother Scarlett, I think um, maybe one of these days we need to talk to little Isaiah. He might want to be a musician. He was supposed to do, come around and give his offering. He was worrying about the music. So, Isaiah, we might have to talk to you on the side. We, we, we can use musicians, you know. So we'll talk to you on the side after church so you can tell us, um, you know, how you want to approach this. Hallelujah. <laughs> Train up a child in the way he must go, and when he's old, he shall not depart from it. Amen. I want to talk to you on this topic today. I need a divine revelation. I need a divine revelation. (laughs) The text that we just read shows us one of the earliest places in the Bible, in the New Testament, in which we find the church being mentioned. Jesus says in verse 18, I will build my church. It is very significant that Jesus should connect with his church the right idea of himself. In the same text that he said, I will build my church, he connected the passages of scripture to say, Whom do men say that I am? So he connected his church with who he is. Jesus asked his disciples, Whom say ye that I am? The first question to be put to one who would become a part of the church is what do you think about Jesus? (laughs) He's all right. If we're going to be a part of the church of the living God, I'm not talking about a place where people come and meet to worship the Lord. I'm talking about being a part of the body of Christ. We ought to first establish what do we think about Jesus? What is our idea of Jesus? Do we know who Jesus is. And so if we're going to become a part of his church, we ought to understand who he is. Because make no doubt about it, there, this church that we talk about is his body. And so you can't be a part of the body without knowing the head. Mm -hmm. You cannot be right in the rest of your Christian life unless you think rightly of Jesus. You want to know sometimes why our religion, for lack of a better word, is, is lacking is because we don't really know who Jesus is. We, we really don't understand who Jesus is. And so when, when sometimes we're wondering why our thinking and how come we're off and why we can't be as committed as we need to be to the Lord Jesus is because we may not have the right understanding Of who he is. If we do not begin right with Jesus. 
the Christ, the son of the living God. We cannot and will not go on right. So some of our ways of being as a Christian is probably off in some way because of our view, our understanding, our knowledge of who Jesus is. I'm certain of it because why he connected his church with who we thought he was. Who do men say that I am? He wanted to make sure the people who are a part of the body of Christ understood who is Christ. When Jesus raised the question about himself, who do men say I am? He made two distinctions between two classes of people. The two classes of people were men and his disciples. Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So he asked them, who does the people that are not of the church, that are not a part of the body of Christ, who does those people think that I am? Make distinction. The regular people and the disciples. And so we have to ask ourselves, am I like everybody else or am I a disciple? Because what everybody else think about Jesus and what his disciples think about Jesus has to be different. What everybody see about Jesus and what his disciples see about him has to be different. When he said men, talking about those that are not his disciples, these men formed their judgment of Christ according to to flesh and blood. Help me somebody. They went upon the ground of being carnal. Their, their carnal reasoning. Their intellectual reasoning. Or they followed the opinions of everybody else. They went upon natural and not upon spiritual grounds. They discerned nothing of spiritual things. Their judgment was that of flesh and blood. And if we're going to know who Jesus is, if we're going to understand who Jesus is, our intellect alone will not do it. Just having education of who he is, just studying who he is, it will not be enough to understand and to know who Jesus really is. Their conclusion, men, their conclusion were diverse. Some say said that he was John the Baptist. Some said Elijah or Elias. Others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. All errors on their account. So what people, what, what the world may think of Jesus is all error. Hmm. I'll tell you why it's all error in a second. Today, many people have different viewpoints of who Jesus is, but all their point of view are derived by their flesh 
and blood, with their intellect, with their thinking, maybe with something they have heard, but all of it is according to the mind of man and not spiritual. Men sometimes retain Jesus' example and profess his value, but his sacrifice they fling aside as a rag superstition. They dare to deny his miracles while they applaud his teaching. They will have nothing to do with the doctrine of the cross, but even in their denial of the cross, they are still captivated by the cross. Jesus will not be divided. Either we take on the whole Christ or not take on Christ at all. We're going to be challenged a little bit here this morning. But after you've been coming to Christ in the church for a little bit, you probably surmise that that's a challenging church there. Challenges you. And if, 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 you, if you don't like challenges, you won't like this church. <laughs> You're going to be like, ah, it's too much. They're always. The conclusion is flesh and blood is carnal, not spiritual. Flesh and blood will always contradict the spiritual. Romans 8 and 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. If we try to reach Jesus and pursue Jesus just off of our intellect, just off of our understanding, just off of our studying of the word of God, if that's the only way we're going to pursue Jesus, then we're always going to make this mistakes. We're always going to be off. We're always going to be in error when we pursue Jesus in that manner. Flesh and blood contradicts. And so when we begin to operate in flesh and blood, we can't get the spiritual part right. Listen. We, we, we don't understand how fortunate we are that we can be filled with the Spirit of God. Because when you're filled with the Spirit of God, I, I, I got caught off guard this morning. I said, God, you're amazing. And it's not that I don't know, but sometimes you say things and it begins to happen because God will do what he said he would do. It's us that don't always do what, what we should do. And I stood here this morning and I said, God, uh, I, I, I just, I, I said, that the Spirit make an intercession. I said it. I said, the Spirit make an intercession with moanings and groanings that cannot be uttered. And and God, I know you pray on our behalf. And all of a sudden, I start speaking in tongues. And it was a tongue that I said, I'm not familiar with this tongue that I speak this morning. And then God had to remind me, you just prayed and asked me to intercede on your behalf. And so now, the Spirit of God that dwells in you will now pray and let you be filled and let you be touched. That's intercessory prayer. It's the Holy Ghost in you that can pray on your behalf, even when you didn't feel like praying, even when you didn't feel like doing it, the Spirit will work on your behalf. We got to realize that. And sometimes you can just go through life just thinking, oh, you know, 
God is not here with me. You, you, you better seek the Holy Ghost. Uh, if you've never received the Holy Ghost, uh, you need to make sure every time you come in the presence of the Lord, uh, you lift your hands, uh, you repent of your sins, uh, you humble yourself to God uh, and say, God, uh, I desire to be filled with your spirit. Uh, will you fill me with your spirit? Uh, because I need your spirit uh, to move me. Uh, I need your spirit uh, to help me. Uh, I need your spirit to strengthen me. Uh, I need your spirit to refresh me. The Holy Ghost can work on your behalf even when you're not working. And that's why even though we walk in flesh and blood, even though we have our intellect for a reason, even though we get educated and and we need to be, we still need the Holy Ghost. We still need the Spirit of God to work on our behalf because we don't have all the answers and we don't know always what to do. But if we will call upon the name of the Lord, He will do it. I'm here to tell you this morning, we fail most of the times because we're trying to do things according to our flesh, according to the intellect. And we don't stop and say, Spirit of the living God, that is inside of me. I don't know what to do about this situation. I don't know what way to go uh, in this situation uh, but I'm asking you in the name of Jesus uh, to speak to me uh, to give me direction uh, to help me to understand what I need to do I need a divine revelation I need a divine revelation Jesus must be known by revelation of the Holy Ghost for us to experience and enjoy the wellspring of the blessedness of our soul. Yeah. He must be known by revelation. Let me help you with that. If you know no more of Christ than the world knows, then you have learned, then the philosophical people have told you you have not found the true blessing of Christ. I believe I stumble upon what I'm preaching to you today. I read it, and and the other day I'm reading this same text, and the Holy Ghost just quickened me when I read it. it. When you have the Holy Ghost and you really rely on the Holy Ghost, he will work if you let him work. And I'm reading, and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost quickened me and said, stop right there, look at that, go and speak about that. Look through the scripture and see how that helps. And I just couldn't let it go. That revelation that, that, that we need in order to, to, to be able to serve God the way we need to serve him, the blessings that we can obtain by understanding God, it comes by revelation and not just studying the word of God and not just hearing the word of God preach. If you know no more of Christ than you have found out for yourself, even by reading the word of God, aided or unaided by the Holy Ghost, you are in need of a divine revelation. We can know about Christ through the preaching. We can know about Christ through the reading. We can know about Christ by hearing about him. But I'm telling you, every person that walked this 
earth need a divine revelation from God. It's not until you get your divine revelation. It's not until you have your encounter. Then you can know for yourself and says, I don't care what anybody may say. Let me tell you something. There's going to be people that you thought was close to God. That you thought had a relationship with God. And they're going to walk away from God. If you don't have your own relationship, if you're not tight with God, you're going to question it. You're going to wonder if he's real. You're going to say, is God real? But when you have your own experience with God, it doesn't matter what anybody else does. You will know, I know him for myself. What am I trying to tell you here today? Don't settle for my teaching only. Don't settle for my preaching only. Don't settle for you reading the Bible only. Don't settle for just those things. you got to say, God, I can't settle myself until I get my own revelation. I can't settle myself until I get my own encounter with you. Oh, God, will you help me that I might have my very own experience with you? I know the word is true. I know the man of God is preaching truth, but I still need my own. I still need a have my own encounter with you, Lord. I need a revelation. If you know no more of Jesus than flesh and blood has revealed to you, you are no different than the Pharisees and the Sadducees. All of what they did was just of the the, the flesh, the intellect. There was no spirit When it came down to the Sadducees and the Pharisees, it was all intellect. It was all knowledge that they had. It was all the tradition. It was all the study, and that's all they had. There are people today, what the Bible says, the letter killeth, but the spirit give life. Word and spirit got to work together. Can't be all word. Can't be all spirit. God I'm not preaching to you this morning to tell you you can't understand the, the, the God that we serve, who Jesus is through teaching and through reading. I'm not telling you you can't understand. What I'm telling you is you need your revelation along with the preaching and what the teaching. You need the revelation of who he is all by yourself because God wants you to know him in a personal way. As Christians... As disciples and servants of God, we learn about Jesus by teaching, reading, and obedience. However, there must come a time when we receive a divine revelation by the Holy Ghost. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Do you see that your view of him is the test of the state that you're in? Uh Uh-huh. Let me tell you something. When you get a revelation of who Jesus is, your personal revelation, not a revelation with nobody. I'm talking about your personal revelation. When you get that, it will challenge the state that you're in. Wherever you are today, huh, huh. 
Wherever you are today has everything to do with how much revelation you have received of who he is. Because if you get a revelation of who he is, that will dictate your behavior. That will dictate the state that you're in. But if you didn't get a revelation of who he is, the way you need to get it, then you will be different. But if you want to be sold out, you want to be dedicated, you want to be like you lost your mind, you need a revelation. I was talking to my oldest son the other day, and um, he always got, you know, sometimes you get tired, Bob, just talking to my oldest son, because he try to use big words, he just wear you out talking circles and circles. The good news is they come from me, so I know them, right? I know, I know how they roll. So I know how to wait them out, and I know where to poke them at. But I'm talking to him the other day, and I get the sense sometimes he's jumping all over the place and jumping all over the place. I got to tell y'all, my oldest son, man, that dude had more revelation from God than me, and I'm not exaggerating. I didn't just say that to say that. Stuff that he has had in his life with the Lord, I'm just like, man, God, give me some of that sometimes. But he has had so many encounters with the Lord. That dude's supposed to be doing some amazing thing for Christ right now, the amount of revelations he had with God. My goodness. And I'm talking to him the other day, and he's almost trying to convince himself of something. I said, hold on, son, hold on, hold on. I said, you remember when God revealed this to you? Yeah, Dad. I said, you remember when God revealed that to you? Yeah, Dad. I said, so why are we here today still talking about trying to confirm something? What are we trying to confirm when God has given you revelation here? Like stair steps, revelation there and revelation there. What are we trying to convince ourselves about today? Let's just do what God has been revealing to you and just get it done. What are we waiting on? You showed me where God has spoken to you about this, how God has revealed this to you. You showed me those things. What are we talking about? So I'm here to tell some of you that this morning. Some of you have been living for God for a long time. Some of you short time. But think about what transpired that made you decide, I got to give my life to God. What transpired when you received the gift of the Holy Ghost and you spoke in tongues the first time? What transpired when you decided to start coming to church and you start feeling the Spirit of God working in you? What transpired in your life to make you say, oh, something is happening to me? Well, I'm calling your attention back to that day. I'm calling your attention back to that time because God is telling you that you need a revelation. You need to remember why you started this journey from the first place it wasn't just because you were taught it wasn't just because you felt the spirit but you had an experience with Christ and because you had that experience you said I gotta move forward I gotta call on him I gotta give my life to him it was an experience it was an encounter that made you get to this place So how do we get to this place and we're chilling? 
we, 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 it was, it was, a, it was an encounter. It was an experience. It was just God moving in your life in such a powerful way that you was overwhelmed and overcome by the power of God, and you decided, I'm getting baptized. I'm giving my life to Christ. I'm surrendering to Him. I'm done doing this, and I'm done doing that. And what happened from that time till now? What is better than Jesus? What can pull you backwards as opposed to going forward? What is making you back up? I told you the other day, I got to keep on saying this because God just worked me over with this. I told you the other day, I was talking to someone on the, on the telephone, and they were telling me how they just, 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 this is what they said. They said, God is still working in my life even though there's some things I don't do. <laughs> Man, I can't get over that how God is. I want everybody to keep just pondering that in their mind. The individual say, I don't see why I have to do this. I don't see why I have to do that because I pray God still answer my prayer. God is still working. And they're talking because it was something that the church required and they didn't want to do what the church required, but they still wanted to you know, be involved. And so the church said, nah, this is the way we got to do things. And the person's like, I just don't see why. And that's crazy. And all the people that I'm connected to that are prayer warriors, they too do certain things that the church don't approve of, but they still hear from God. And the person going on and going on. All of a sudden, the Holy Ghost just barged in in my soul. And this is what the Lord put in my heart to tell the person. The Lord put in my heart to tell a person, what do you think? Because you don't obey me, I don't love you? What do you think? Because you don't do what I tell you, I ignore you? I'm the almighty God. I died for you. I love you. And so no matter how you walk in disobedience, no matter how you do whatever you want to do, I still love you. He said, but tell her this. But everything that you say you don't want to do, that the church wants you to do, is what you want. Have you checked with me to see what I want? Jesus, you a bad dude. The person was stump. Tears. Tears. Because that's just what it come down to. We can make all these decisions about what we think, what we feel, what we think is necessary or not necessary. And God is saying... What do you think I want out of your life? Where do you think I'm calling you to? What do you think I want to do with you? And then, here's what she told me. Now I'll tell you, so she, here's what she told me. The pastor's wife wrote a book on this subject and that subject. The pastor's wife is a missionary. She go here and go where. And then the Holy Ghost just hit me again. That could have been what God want for you. To write books. To travel as a missionary. But you just want to stay where you are. You just like it where you are. You don't see why it's necessary to do this. And, and I don't know where in the world. You go and find it for me. Where in the world does the CEO of the company behave the same way like the ones that's on the telephones? Where do we go? And we find at the higher the ranking is, they still act like everybody else. No matter where we go, the, the, the greater the level, the more you have to be buttoned up. 
You've got to carry yourself a certain way as you get elevated. Ask the people that know about this. So why do we think God is going to do miraculous things in our life, but we can just stay low and do whatever we want? This is not about, let me just try to make it in. This is not about one day I want to go to heaven. No, this is about a relationship between the creator and his creation. This is not about heaven. Heaven is a byproduct of being in relationship with Christ. And we're working on this like it's a, I'm trying to get to heaven. I'm trying to get to heaven. I can't do that, but I can do that. This might not be too bad, but this I can't do because I'm trying to get to heaven. And God is saying, I created you with purpose. And, 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 and I've got something for you to do. I need you. But in order to get there, I... these athletes, don't talk to Usain Bolt. Talk to one of these athletes and ask them how much time they put in. How much time they put into being where they are. These, these football players, ask them how long it took them, how many hours it put in. For them to become a professional baller. And we here trying to navigate our little cry. Worrying about doing this and doing that. God is calling us to a level of, 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 of royalty. He's calling us to a dimension where where we can't even imagine. But it's up to us to say, it's not about how I feel. It's about understanding the creator, the omniscient God that knows everything, all about all about us. He knows everything about us. He has a plan for our life and he's calling us to a dimension. He's calling us to a place where we can never imagine and if we will trust him and obey him and not just trying to figure out how to do this, we can't figure it out because we don't know. Flesh and blood don't know. When you say and I'm going to move off of this. When you say I don't see what's wrong with this. Flesh and blood. How about you start saying, the Bible says. How about we start going there first? But when you say, I don't see how flesh and blood. And I just read it says, flesh and blood will not inherit. Flesh and blood cannot please God. So when we start making decisions and judgments because of Flesh and blood. We're out of bounds with God. Blessed are thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Where God has taken us, only the Holy Spirit can enable us. Where God has taken us, only the Holy Spirit can give us understanding. Have you taken him to be your all in all personally do you believe in jesus by an inward discernment of who he is is he to you clearly and distinctly the son of god god manifest in flesh 
is he to you definitely your savior whom God has set forth to be the propitiation for your sin. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Unless people will believe in him as Lord and Savior, it is not of any importance what they think about him. Till people submit to him as their Lord and King, their thoughts of him is in vain. So we can go around and say all we want to say about God. We can proclaim all we want to proclaim. But if we don't submit to him, if, 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 if we don't surrender to him, all of what we're saying is vain. We can sound as smart as we want. We can sound as intelligent as we want. We can, we can, we can show our knowledge and how we studied and, and the revelation that we got through studying. I can't even call it revelation through studying, but the understanding we get through stuff, we can go with all of that. But unless you submit to him, unless you surrender to him, it's vain. It doesn't matter. If we know the Savior, we have learned it alone by the instruction of other men. Peter had heard of Jesus. Peter had followed Jesus, but he did not know Jesus as the Christ until the Holy Ghost revealed it. This is, this, 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 is where, this is where I'm going with this today. So you understand that this has nothing to do with, 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 with us per se. The, the Apostle Peter, he heard of Jesus before he started following Jesus. Then he started following Jesus. And it wasn't until the Holy Ghost revealed to him who Jesus was till he knew who Jesus was. So let's break it down in our terms. We've been coming to church. And the preacher been preaching that there's one God. Preacher been telling you God became man. And he been telling you that. But until you get your revelation like Peter did, until the Holy Ghost revealed to you who God really is, it, it, it wasn't coincident why I was able to tell that person God is calling you to some other level. What does God think of your life? You know why I could have said that? Because it depends on what kind of relationship, what kind of revelation you have of God that you understand that you can't just be regular. He's calling you to a dimension and a level in him that's not known unto man because what man knows, it is limited. But what God knows is everything. And the level that God is calling us to is so different than what man can see or think. And if we don't get a hold of God and says, I need a revelation. We will always be at the level of men and never at the level of Almighty God. Somebody say, I need a revelation. I'm almost done. I need a revelation. Paul tells us concerning the gospel that he neither received it of man, neither was he taught it, but he received it by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 1 verse 11 says this. Galatians chapter 1 verse 11 says this. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. He's saying the gospel that I preached to you, it was not according to man. Look at verse number 12. For I neither received it of men. 
neither was I taught it, but by revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul is letting you know, this stuff that I'm preaching to you, I don't even know how I know it. You know how many days I stand here and say things to you that I don't even know that I know it. But when the Holy Ghost get a hold of us and we and we give him access and let him work through us, we're going to say things, uh, we're going to utter things uh, that we don't even understand. Uh, but God will bring it to our understanding for that moment uh, because God uh, will reveal uh, his will uh, unto us. Uh, the Bible says uh, the Holy Ghost, uh, the comforter when it comes, uh, it shall re- re- reveal to you all truth. And so... We can only know because of the Holy Ghost. Verse 13 says, For ye have heard of my conversation in times past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it, and profited in the Jews' religion above my many my equals in mine own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the tradition of my fathers. But when it pleased God, listen to this, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me, so God, what do you do? Did you create people with special abilities and talents and only call them, but some of us just nobodies? Is, is that what's going on, Lord? It, it, did, it was, was Paul your favorite and somehow you gave him special abilities and that's why you called him no that's not what happened that's everybody I don't know why we're afraid to put ourselves in this position why can't we say but when it pleased God who separated me Forget about Paul now. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called. Listen, what you think? Paul's life was all good the whole time he was living? We read the Bible sometimes and really just get off track. And that's why we miss out sometimes. That's why we need a revelation. What do you think? When Paul was born, it was all good. No, it wasn't. Paul had problems. Paul had challenges. He probably was rude. He probably did things that he shouldn't have done. But the bottom line is, he that pleased God is separated from the day he was brought out of his mother's womb. God had called him already. Same for you. Same for you. There is not one person in here that God wasn't pleased to bring you out of your mother's womb, separated you unto great things for God. Every one of us! God has called from our mother's womb. Every one of us. It wasn't just Paul. It wasn't just Peter. It wasn't just John. And we're living our life the way we want and forgetting that God had separated us from our mother's womb and have a great plan for us. We're disregarding the plan of God because we're operating by our flesh. But I read to you, flesh cannot please God. And if we continue to operate by our flesh, if we continue to think of things according to the word of God by our flesh, we do ourselves a disservice. And we will never become who God wants us to become because we're allowing our flesh, our intellect to guide the way we think and the way we live for God. I need a revelation. God, we need a revelation in this place because if we get a revelation, maybe we will change the way how we live for God. 
Paul got his revelation. And he was never the same. How you go from trying to kill people that was believing in Christ to now you being at the forefront preaching and leading people to Christ? How do you, how do, you do that? Revelation. Revelation. How do I get out of my slothfulness? How do I become faithful to God? How do I pray every day? How do I tell people about Jesus? How do I live holy and righteous? How do I live faithful? Revelation. 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 Uh huh. All of our frustration that we feel in living for God. All of our challenges that we think this is not happening, that's not happening. All of our discouragement because we feel like we should be further along or things should be different. It's all because we need a revelation. Because if we get a revelation, we will realize all of what's going on are stepping stones. Because I'm moving. And I'm going where God is leading me to. And I'm going to accomplish what God wants me to accomplish. So everything that's going on, I am not going to get frustrated. I'm not going to feel rejected. I'm not going to be slothful. I'm not going to make excuses. Because it's all stepping stone to get me where God is taking me. God has a plan for my life. And he had this plan from the day I came forth out of my mother's womb. Everything that has happened to me, it will help me for the journey that the Lord has taken me on. Everything that has transpired in my life, the good and the bad for we know all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose and so whether good or bad I know God called me from the day he pulled me out of my mother's womb and it doesn't matter what I'm going through it doesn't matter what I've been through it doesn't matter how good it gets it doesn't matter how bad it gets I've been called by God you've been called by God God has a plan And if we don't understand it, we need to say, God, I need a revelation. I need a divine revelation, God. Before I mess my whole life up, I need a divine revelation. Oh, God, before I make any more mistakes, I need a divine revelation. Lord, before I say something, oh, that's going to condemn myself, I need a divine revelation. God, before I leave here today and just make it business as usual and another day in church, I need a divine revelation. The word of God says in verse 16, look what verse 16 says. This is going to blow your mind. Verse 16 says, not only that he called me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Verse 16 says, again, this is not just Paul, this is all of us. Verse 16 says, to reveal his son in me. So God, you're telling me you've chosen me to reveal you to this world? That's exactly what he's telling us. If he wanted the world to know him physically, he would have never ascended on high. 
when he rose from the grave, he would have kept on walking because he couldn't age anymore. He just kept on living and, and having his entourage. Come on, entourage. We go to Asia for the, for, for the next 30 days. And then when he get done, all right, entourage, let's go to North America. All right, entourage, let's go to Australia. And he would have just kept on going from that time till now. And when some died off, some other ones get added. But he was still going. He could have did that. But that's not what he did. He ascended on high and say, now I want all of you to reveal me to this world. Now think of yourself the way you think of yourself, that God chose you to reveal himself to this world. That's what that, that, that's what this is about. Oh, OK, now I see why we can just stay stuck in our neverland because we're not re- we're not believing that God called us from our mother's womb to reveal him to this world. Nobody don't want to reveal Christ to this world, huh? We all just want to get as much as we can get. God, how do we change that? How do we change making everything about what we want? It's supposed to be a privilege, great privilege and honor for us to reveal you to this world by how we conduct our life but it's almost like we turn our faces up, our nose up to that. That's not even what we want. It's not. That's not that important. That's not serious. That that's not uh, glamorous enough for us to reveal to you to this world. That's not what we want. We want to be revealed to the world. But God, you know better. That even if we live our life saying, "Look at me." Every knee will bow. Every tongue shall confess. It's appointed unto man to die once, and after that the judgment. So God, even if we walk around, just want it to be about us, just to make sure we say, I was satisfied. We still have to meet you one day as creator and maker, as judge. We still have to stand before you. So, so why, Lord God, does it even matter for me to say, I did this and I did that and I accomplished this and I accomplished that? Why do I have to prove to people who I am? God, help us today. Give us a revelation before we leave here today, Lord God, that we will realize that it's all about us, uh, understanding that we're part of your plan and that, Lord God, you've chosen us to reveal you to this world and we can all only do that through the revelation this is why the revelation is so important because if you're going to reveal him to this world he must be revealed to you verse 16 says to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen immediately he said I conferred not with flesh and blood So God's goal, if you want to know what his goal is, his goal is in your life to reveal himself to the people you're around through you. He will do it differently in all of us because all of us come from different walks of life and have different experiences. But it's the same goal. What's the goal? To reveal him to people. So when you do what you want, when you live how you want to live, when you say what you want to say, you can't fulfill the purpose in which Christ called you to fulfill from your mother's womb. 
open. You do whatever you want. You know, I understand there are times where we all we're living and we become accustomed to things in the world. We start doing certain things and now when we understand that there's a God that loves us and died for us and want us to be saved and now it's time to make the transition from being accustomed to the things we used to do and what we used to like to now being what he wants us. I know it's a challenge. I know it's a challenge. But this I can tell you. It will never happen if you just keep on doing little at a time. It will never happen if you just keep on, let me just, I'll do it today and, and, and I hope to do it tomorrow. It will never happen. Because the life of Christ means that I one day have to now enjoy this. So, let me tell you how normal I am, right? So, I'm going to close in a second, but let me tell you this. Everything works in my brain here. So for those of you that know the reggae recording artist, Bujabantan, we all know that he was locked up in jail for about eight years in Miami. He came out and went back home, and he had um, a concert last night, right? And every time I hear about reggae, because I was in a dead smack center of the dance hall. Right, Brother Henry? We was dead smack in the center of it. It was our life. I even started talking about, um, what was it? I don't know if they was at some kind of award sermon that they had in America, and they would put on the lights on their phone, right? They'd turn off the lights in, 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 in the arena and turn on the lights in their phone, that that was a signal for something. And I was saying to Patrice, I just laughed. I said, we started that. Because when we was in the dance hall, light up. Light up. Y'all have no, I'm just, you, why am I bringing this up? I just want to tell you, I was enjoying sin. That's all I'm trying to communicate to you. I was enjoying sin. So don't you think that, oh, it was easy for me? And I was in the dead smack of the sin. And so I had to, God it brought me up out of that. that, that you need to understand we're not losing out on anything when we walk away from that life. There is nothing we're losing out. But if you will walk away and jump, jump in the deep end, you will see, I love this. I, well, the Bible says, I got to go finish up here. The Bible says, and because you love not the truth, God sent your strong delusion. That you may believe a lie. And what that means is, because we don't love this, you're going to find yourself just still partying and having a good time and think it's all right. Because God sent you a delusion. God sent you a delusion because you didn't love this. You're making this like, that's just difficult, man. I mean, I got to wear this. I got to wear that. I got to stop You don't love this. And you can live your life not loving this all you want, but what's going to happen is God will send you a delusion to make you love something else. But you know what that means? If you love the world and not love the kingdom of God, you can't be saved. 
you can't be saved. So if you don't make yourself love this, you're in trouble because there will be a delusion that will come your way and you will think you're all right and you're not. You're just delusioned and God can't help you because you're believing something that's not true. But you will swear on all your children and everybody that is the truth. Because you love not the truth, God sent you a strong delusion that you may believe a lie. God, the Almighty who knows you, who created you, is sending you a delusion, which means lie becomes truth to you, but you think that is truth. But it's lie, because God made you that way, because you didn't love this. We didn't love this. We making this like it's some hard. That's just too much. I need to enjoy my life. I understand that I've been blessed to be able to live in the world and did so many worldly things and didn't die in my sins and was able to get saved. And now I'm in the kingdom of God and I'm loving it. I thank God for that. Everybody won't have that chance, unfortunately. I know... I, I have a stepbrother that uh, that always said, man, I want to live like you used to live when you used to come back home and hang out. Everybody, when it's a puss on dog, don't have the same luck. No, they don't. And so don't try to do what I used to do. God had something on me, and God kept me because he knew one day I would answer the call. I don't know what your situation is, and I don't know what God calling you for and how he want to use you. But, man, you better realize that God has chosen you. I need a divine revelation. Listen, I grant you that God uses man to instruct us, but all the prophets and apostles could not teach us Christ if the Holy Ghost did not reveal Jesus unto us personally. I remember when I got my personal revelation of him. When I got my personal revelation of God, I was at work work and somebody got saved the day God revealed himself to me I was sitting at my desk and I was reading my Bible and the light bulb just went on I just got a total understanding of who he was I was sitting at it I could not believe it it was just like I had understanding now call somebody over and say come here come here come here come here I knew the person I come here and I started telling them about God they, they, they didn't get it I mean I spoke to her later she was like yeah, I didn't know what you was talking about, but I just listened. Because that was my revelation. That's what was going to keep me from all the way back in the 90s till now. That was my revelation. She was going to get her revelation. What I was doing was teaching her what the word of God said so she can pursue God to get her. That's how it worked. That's how it worked. We all need our own personal revelation. And so while you get taught your taught the word of God, at some point in time, God will reveal himself to you so you can come to know him. But you got to make sure you get your revelation. So when you teach somebody else, they will get their revelation. The Lord must deal with you 
His spirit must come into contact with your spirit. There must be an inward illumination by the Holy Ghost or else we will never truly be blessed. It was not only what Peter knew, but it was the way it came to Peter. The revelation, how Peter received it, that's what made him blessed beyond measure. When the Holy Ghost reveals Christ to any one of us, he at the same time reveals ourselves to us. So when you get the revelation, this is why we change and we don't even realize it. So when, if you had this already, when God revealed himself as God to you, you also saw that you was a mess. You was, you was getting two things at the same time. Revelation of him and revelation of yourself. I'm a mess. That's why you gave your life to him. Now you know, now you understand why he got baptized. Now you understand why you, you prayed and seeking for the Holy Ghost because you realize, oh, something is wrong with me. And you never know that something is wrong with you until Christ revealed himself to you because all our life, all we do is look at other people. And guess what we do? I look at somebody that I feel like I'm doing better than them. So as long as I look at somebody that I'm doing better than, I don't have to judge myself. Truthfully. But when you have a revelation of who Christ is, automatically you got to judge yourself. Automatically you got to look into yourself and say, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, oh Lord, I'm a mess, I'm a wretch undone. It's me, oh Lord, I need to be delivered and I need to be saved. Lord, I need a divine revelation. I close with this, stand with me. The person will be moved by that revelation. <laughs> when you get that revelation, you will be moved so powerfully by the revelation that you will humble yourself. There will be a contrition in your spirit to say, oh, what can I do to make this right? There will be repentance. That will take place to make you say, forgive me. I realize what I've done. There will be a renewing of the Holy Ghost. The person is moved to a desire of holiness. Some of you, you, you look forward to being holy when you got the revelation. Nobody couldn't tell you. All right, I'm coming straight into your living room. When you got your revelation, some of you women, you had to hold your skirt up to walk. It was so long. They used to wear these jean skirts. You know about them jean skirts? That they so long, you either have to wear high heels or you got to pick them up a little bit. Or not to him. Okay, yes. So that's what they had to do to move around and things when they first got the revelation. Then some years go by. I'm, a, I'm under the Holy Ghost, so that's why I can do this. Then time go by, they bring a blanket to church. Mm-hmm. 
What happened? What happened? You received revelation way back then, and it changed your life. And now you're fighting with it. Now you're fighting with the life that God has given you. You're struggling with the life that God has given you. Why are we fighting with the life God is wanting us to have? Why don't we just embrace it? Because when we first got that revelation, it was no problem. When we first got the revelation, it was not, it was no problem to go tell somebody, you need to go to church. Ah, man. We need a revelation. Because there was a time where we were bold. There's a time where we just just we just let it loose. We lived proudly who we are. I'm an apostolic. I'm a I'm full of the Holy Ghost from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. I talk in tongues. At my church we run and we dare. And now we, we try to fit in with society. I need a revelation. I need a revelation because what happened? Why were we able to do it like that back then? And today we're struggling. What happened? Did the revelation slip us? What happened? What happened? What, how do we get to the place where it's like no big deal? I'll just say this real quick. I don't believe God. I don't believe God has sent anyone in here a strong delusion yet. Yet. I don't believe he did. So you are redeemable. But please, don't ignore the revelation that you received back then. And if you need to go before the Lord today before we leave here and pray and say, God, will you ignite that revelation, bring it back to my mind, or will you give me a new revelation? But God, give me some revelation that I can get this thing back up together, that I can get that that momentum going again, that I can walk right like I used to, that I can talk like I used to, that I can be proud of who I am as a child of God like I used to. What are we afraid? What are we not proud of who God has called us to be? And so I close in Acts chapter 10, verse number one. The two revelations that we talked about today was by Peter and Paul. And so you might have sat back and said, well, God called them special. They were special. Not true. But every once in a while, you know, we, we believe certain things. So let me show you another person that got a revelation. There was a certain man, a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. A centurion of the band called the Italian band. A devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to people and prayed to God every day. He saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming to him, coming in to him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and he said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers. And thine arms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. 
he lodged with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest. Some of us need answers. But you can only get your answers if you receive a revelation. And so, I tell you today how you'll receive your revelation. Our answer is in a divine revelation. We will only receive the revelation if our motive is right. We treat people right. We pray and fast and seek the Lord. If we want that revelation, we want that answer. Cornelius, in case you didn't know, he loved God. He prayed. He treated people right. But he did not have the revelation of who Jesus really was. And he was not baptized in Jesus' name. He was not filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We tend to downplay that and overlook that. That is not important. But, man, how many of us wouldn't mind just being like Cornelius was before? Before. The Bible says he was a devout man. Man that prayed every day, always. He gave stuff to people. But he didn't have the revelation of who Jesus is. He was not baptized in Jesus' name. And he was not filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when you read, when you get up to about verse 40 through 46, you will see that Peter came and Peter started teaching him about Jesus. And when Peter taught him, the Bible says the Holy Ghost fell. And he received the gift of the Holy Ghost. His whole house, him and his whole house received the gift of the Holy Ghost. They spoke with tongues and they were baptized in Jesus' name. When the revelation comes, it changes your life. And so that's what I've been talking about today, that we need a divine revelation. Because when that revelation comes, your life is changed. And so we are seeking for a life change today. We need a revelation. If you don't want your life to change, okay. But if you want your life to be changed, you need a revelation. And so for the next few minutes before we get out of here, I'll give you an opportunity to respond to the word of God. It's up to you how you respond. But I'm telling the Lord, I need a revelation. You can decide if you need a revelation or you need him to renew your revelation. Reignite your revelation. But I need a revelation because I certainly don't want what I have to get stale. I certainly don't want to treat what I have like it's no big deal. I certainly don't want to take what I have with the Lord for granted. And so I ask God today, give me a new revelation. Bow your heads with me, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, your word has come forth. There's no way, Lord God, that we can deny your word. There's no way we can escape this word today. But, Lord God, we come before you and we ask you that you will give us a revelation, oh God, that will renew our walk with you that will renew, oh God, our strength in you.